All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking. We are a week and a half from Super Bowl 55. Chiefs and Bucks, Hogan and Warrior, just like we predicted. Aaron already wrote his MVP speech, should I say more? Felt like Chicken Little, and Aaron was falling, and no one was getting out of the way. Here we go. Freestyle. Rock the microphone. Straight from the top of my dome. All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 95 of your favorite NFL podcast from right here in Canada. We are at uh, uh, Centennial Studios in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And yeah, we don't edit that out, folks. That's my noise that I make watching football alone nowadays. I can make any weird sound I want. And uh, when something happens in the first quarter that doesn't seem to be going my way, I don't necessarily have weird Mike in my eye being like, I told you, bro. I told you the Niners are going to roll. Uh, not this year. Speaking of the Niners, a lot of people are saying already how Bill Belichick is just an idiot for letting Brady go. And I'm not letting him off the hook here. I agree. But if you think that was stupid, he wanted to trade him three years ago and keep Jimmy G. Now that would have ruined your legacy. You should be lucky Mr. Kraft stepped in, Mr. Belichick. Anyway, uh, all 95 episodes brought to you by Huck Media. Go to huckmedia.ca for any and all media needs. Drone flying, website making, pretty much everything. He's our uh, mustache tingling titan fan of a producer, and we love him. Uh, also, we got Weird Mike in the studio joining me doing some pregame wee bowling to get fired up for our Super our one of two Super Bowl podcasts we'll be doing this week. Uh, that last frame didn't go so well. But you got your bowling socks on, so I feel like it was still a good game. How you doing there, Weird Michael? Uh, despite the personal best in the Wii Bowling, uh, I'm very sad that the NFL season has come to an end. It's not over yet. You say this every year, Jeff. That's because and it's not. And <laughs> you're as diehard as the next person. Yeah. And we all know the diehards that the NFL season really ends on Championship Sunday. That's why we started a few years ago having Championship Sunday parties, because it kind of really was. As everybody fractured into their own Super Bowl segments, the office party, the the neighbor, the whatever, the ex-wife. Um, but again, for the masses is the Super Bowl. We live and die on the weekly Sunday grind. Yeah. What game is coming on Sunday? I, What's the line on Wednesday? I, Where did it move to on Friday? It's gone. Yeah, no, it's not, I get it. I get it. I love 16 games a week. It's a betting frenzy. It's beautiful. It's every Sunday morning. It feels like Christmas morning for an adult man. Uh, but no, it, the football season is not over. Okay, Just like when you show up to a party at 10 o'clock and then at 10.30, just gather everyone around and be like, I'm, I'm really sad this party is going to be ending soon. Okay, you, There's some party left and it's down in Tampa. And unfortunately, uh, the Bills Mafia will not be there. Uh, it was a great season. Here, here. I was proud. I'm, I'm proud just as a fan first. You know, I love being part of, I guess, in a small way, NFL media now. That's fucking cool, isn't it? I mean, every year we do this, we just slightly get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I'm going, I'm going, probably going to school for radio. Like, I'm doing all this. This Get used to this fucking voice, folks. But first and foremost, I'm proud to be a Bills fan uh, because, I, you know, it's been said many times on many media things and Instagram. It is the best best fan base in North American's pro sports it really is and I mean we eliminate Lamar Jackson he gets a concussion Philadelphia would boom off the field and throw snowballs at him and probably like key his car in the parking lot okay we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for a charity that he barely is involved with okay like <laughs> one guy in Buffalo was like he went to one luncheon yeah. with this program yeah not to cheapen his... No, he supported but. this backpack food thing, but, like, straight up, it's not even his charity. And, like, we're... Like, Bill's Mafia, like, just... It's crazy. Anyway, uh, they deserve every good thing that comes to, to them, to us. <laughs> Especially to them, though, those are Orchard Parkers. And uh, it's a great team with a bright future. And, uh, you know, we talked about it last week. It looks like they could they could use a running back. They, they could use a couple of things. The Chiefs are, are you know, they're dynamite. They're the best offensive juggernaut we've seen in the NFL in a long time, and it's going to take quite quite a thing to stop them. So it doesn't surprise me we came up a little bit short, but uh, you know, with a couple of plays here and there, could have been a different story. It's very rare <clears throat> that the baby steps uh, get you over the hump. The league is on notice, not only from their play, 
but the culture they're developing, the stars that they're able to put in primetime that they never thought of before. Yep. Remember, they played five straight primetime games. Yep. It matters. And now they're going to attract the top-tier talent. Now they're going to want to get the people looking to go there to win. That's the turning point. Yeah. When you're trying to pull people to win, right? You get a little win, playoff win. You get the second. They didn't get all the way there. Truth be told, probably for the best in the long term. You like the, Yeah, I know. You're, you're, you're Why? Shaped. Why? Because uh, you don't want the one and done. You want like a, a solid foundation of built to get there. I, I, Plus, Roger wanted KC and Tommy Boy. Well, regardless at home. of any conspiracy theories, I think the game was wrapped pretty fairly. Hucks agreeing with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, and it's not it's not about the refs. That I don't game. care what Roger wanted. It just didn't that doesn't matter. Oh, it always matters no, what it, Rogers wants. It wanted. does not. Roger Goodell. Yes. Uh let's let's just let's run through a couple of the of the plays from the weekend that I think really mattered because a lot of times I find uh, the media gets really simplistic with like analyzing the games and like it comes down to, oh, Aaron should have ran it in and and, and like, uh, you know, they should kick the field goal. How about he sh- just sees Alan Lazard wide open on the goal line and doesn't try to force it into Devontae uh, on second down. Should have ran it in on third down probably. Uh, and then, yeah, maybe kick the, I'd kick the field goal. Like, what are you doing? Uh, that's obvious. So the run to the goal line, even if he doesn't get in, gets them closer. Gets them closer, makes a decision easier. Yeah, for what he's going to do. Now I, I've heard two kind of simplistic ways to look at this. Some people saying, "Oh, he just gets right in," and then some people saying, "Yo, look at the Bucks D there. Like it's not really a clear path. Like they close space pretty fast. Aaron doesn't exactly run a four or five. So, but you're right. He gets gets a bit closer. Um, also, just a really bad pass. Like if you're going to pass it, I'd be a bit more sure of that. I got to play for you. What's that? I was in the Bills game. Yep. And talked about your lack of a running game. Yeah. Singletary dropped a second and seven pass on a screen. They let the blitz in. Yep. It was the perfect play call. Yep. He was going for a first down and a few and, more, and more. And at least a field goal attempt from that play. They it went on a twenty-four oh run after that, KC. That totally swung yep. the in-game momentum. Can't have can't have drops. Play. They the they started running TJ Yeldon. Yep. Up and down the field, Singletary didn't see any meaningful play again. Like, so you talk about everybody. I look inside the game, and I think that's a bit of a. a I just think there's usually plays that people don't talk about that are probably more important than you think. Um, What's another one? uh, The Bills are down second half, and Josh's interception, the tipped pass. Yes. Like, it was. A tipped pass is, we're talking usually a couple inches from being not a tipped pass and a completion. It wasn't a perfect pass, but it was catchable, and they were in the freaking red zone. So that's if that's a touchdown, we got a different game. So I, when I hear they dismembered the Bills, it's not really what I saw. It was a pretty competitive game with a couple of big plays that went the other way. The Bills scored the first nine points. In the, last, in the last nine Yeah, that's weird. And lost by 14. That's weird. That was a weird game. Cost a lot of people some teasers. Yes, teaser um, screw job. But you know what? You didn't get screwed if you happened to listen to our episode last week, okay? I, I, went, I gave you two picks, one that I was very solid on, and the other one that I was just my, my, my Hugh pick smash and sprinkle. I was chicken little last week, <laughs> fucking telling everyone that would listen, that the Bucks were going to win. Now, look, I don't do this all the time. I give my Hugh picks. I got my gold, silver, bronze. But I'd say about three times a year, I have what I would call chicken little games. And that's why I do this. That's why, that's why we do this. Because in the micro of picking six games a week, which is especially picking them on Tuesdays, it's going to be hard to go over that 55% uh, sort of line that at least I want. But the, the thing that I'm pretty good at over the years since like being at college betting on Brett Favre and quitting my bartending job because Brett Favre was a very predictable props player and he never gave up on spreads <clears throat> is that I think I understood the macro part of the football game a little bit more than your average guy and your average guy Vegas relies on your average guy being pretty simplistic okay he doesn't want you thinking in the macro because that's what they're doing you know so Every once in a while on the show, and even in my friendships, 
I really have a chicken little like week, and I almost sense I almost pull my hair out, and I and it it, it caught it, as a handicapper and as a just a, as a fan of the game, and a guy who played 15 minutes of quarterback, it, it makes you realize that like that that macro game that macro football that I see gives me an advantage about three times a year in these micro situations, and one of those micro situations happened at Lambeau, and three times this year. I told, I, I told everybody that I was on the opposite side of basically everybody, but I'm right. Sometimes that happens where I'm on the opposite side of everybody and I'm wrong. But I'm not, usually not as loud about it. What do you call those, Jeff? My, uh, my hey, hey, you know, gold picks gone wrong. Right. Okay. <laughs> A couple of fumbles, maybe. <laughs> um, usually the Niners are involved. <laughs> but three games this year, I was chicken little, and all three I was right. I'm not, I was wrong a lot this year, too. September, red hot. But you don't want to hear about my picks this whole episode. I know I got better stuff to do. But the three chicken little games this year, the first time the Bucks played the Packers, all over it. Everybody, gold pick, Bucks. Because this was Aaron and Tom. I got two kind of even teams. So that, that way I can really analyze the quarterbacks because just like at recess in grade four and five, split up your tall receivers, split up your fast receivers, split up a couple of the big guys blocking, and then now who's your quarterback? That's who the teacher's going to bet on with the other teacher who's winning this grade four or five game at recess. Okay, and at Seton, Kevin O'Neill on one team, Mark Sargent on the other. Okay, tall receivers that could catch. Both fast, both could catch, both have wingspans tall at everybody. Then we had Danny Semedo and another fast guy. I forget who his name was. He was uh, paint shot. He was a little bit older. Anyway, and then it was me versus Lee, quarterbacks. He had a big arm. You don't say. He did. Um, anyway, but so basically like recess in the end, I don't care what your season was like, Aaron, I got two kind of even teams, Aaron and Tom. What was the second one? Second one. You're not going to like this one. Ravens Patriots. I was all over the Patriots. The whole world's like, what are the Ravens doing as a seven point underdog or favorite should be more. I'm like, no, you, you have one way to win a game. And if you're facing the the best coach in the world, take away the one thing you do well. So that was, and this one, this one was the last chicken little game. I got, I got Tom Brady in an important football game trying to prove something versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and before I get into anything else, here it is. Truly. Hey, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. Truth of the week, folks. Never let anyone tell you what you can or can't do. And if you ever need an example of that and you watch football, he's 43 years old and his name's Tom Brady. Yeah? Are you too old to go for a run and you're in your mid-30s? <laughs> Thinking of walks enough? Run, okay? You still can. Andre Agassi's tennis coach is 89 years old and basically runs a marathon every day, all right? Age is what you make of it in your own head. Tom Brady was more important in New England dynasty than Bill was, that's for sure. Now, here's the thing, okay? Aaron Rodgers is 1-8 in the playoffs when trailing at halftime. 1-8 in the playoffs when trailing at halftime. Think of the people you work with or you're on teams with in your life, okay? Some people don't do well when shit hits the fan. You get in the weeds in the restaurant business. Maybe the car crashes on the way to an event. Uh, the presentation was deleted off the laptop. Who immediately finds someone to blame and who immediately finds a solution? Tom's a solution guy. Look at Aaron on the bench. He's a blame guy. Now, people, uh, I'm a guy, I, I studied sociology at school, and I play poker. So I like to look at the person when I'm making, putting my, my shekels down. So, you know, these guys aren't horses. You don't just have to look at their physical traits, okay? In a horse race, and I don't do horse racing because I can't talk to the horses. In football... You can listen to these guys, especially over 20 years of interviews and, and post-game interviews. You get to know them. I've hosted over 1,000 shows in a small niche community of Muskoka, but also all over Canada for summer water sports. Okay? A lot of these people in Muskoka have come to watch my, our show, Huck, like over and over and over again. They're like about 45 minutes long. I don't have a script. It's so much fun. So uh, they don't know me personally. You know, I'm not like I'm not a popular celebrity or anything, but there's people, there's family members in Muskoka who know me and I don't know them, but they definitely know me. 
They don't know me personally, but if they made a vague guess on what I was like as a personality, I bet they'd come pretty close. Just like we can do watching Tom and Aaron and Kobe, just as we passed this one-year thing of Kobe and how I said last year, it's okay to feel it because we do know them. We know Tom. If you got to hang out with Tom for a night, would you, do you think you'd be really shocked at what he was like? No. Sounds awesome. Okay? If you got to hang out with Aaron for a night, would you be surprised if he kind of phantomed at 1030, you know? Or if you asked him a question like, how are you? And he went into like a 10-minute answer about how he's feeling. And you're just like, you just wanted to say, how are you? Aaron was on the Pat McAfee show last week. And this is why I, I was getting into it. And I like, I like how he's not just giving, you know, canned answers. I, I like the openness of, of athletes now. I like how they can drop F-bombs and stuff. It's cool. But it also has a, you know, a consequence to it. What are you revealing about yourself? It's like someone at the poker table who talks a bit too much. Tom's just focused on winning the tournament. Okay? Aaron's trying to get people to like him on Poker Stars TV. So he's on, McAfee, he's on the McAfee show. This is after the loss. And I posted this on our Instagram story. And he said, and McAfee's like, hey, hey, just as a joke, because they were pumping his tires all year. Hey, have you written your MVP speech? And I think McAfee was maybe expecting a no or like a, a sidebar or something. And very quickly, Aaron was like, yeah. It's two days after he lost the MC Championship game. He has not won the award yet. He's not won the award yet. The playoffs aren't over. You lost the NFC Championship game last year. Maybe, may, I'm not, and I don't want to be so simplistic as to say, well, maybe you should be working on your red zone offense. No, you probably had time to do both. But in your, in your fair time, in your free time, last week, you're writing your MVP speech? You haven't even won the award yet. It just kind of sums up what I'm talking about. He's really into himself. No kids, no family, $200 million. No girlfriend that lasts longer than a year. This is not a coincidence, okay? So uh, just he's just a weird guy, and in a team sport where you need a leader of men in tough situations, not just the talented thrower of the football, that's where he struggles. And that's why he's got a horrible NFC Championship game records. So when it came down to this game, Tom versus Aaron, I got one guy who is supremely talented. I like the way Aaron throws the football. But just like in hockey, the best guy in shinny is not the guy who's going to win the most championships. There's totally different games, shinny hockey and playoff hockey. Okay, you got to be willing to break bones to win it. So when you got the most talented guy, but he's a bit of an insecure individual, what I saw, and this gets down to the X, this wasn't X's and O's, but on that throw to Devontae Adams the, on first down in that red zone, the, the exact same play they ran kind of against Jalen Ramsey, and they won that little falling kind of quick out. To, uh, Aaron was actually falling backwards like he was under pressure. He wasn't. And it took away his fundamentals, and he's done this in years past where he's so talented. It's like he's a basketball player that shoots fadeaways for no reason. You know, just, hey, you're, you're open, man. We're not... We're just just shoot the ball regularly. You didn't that didn't need to be a fadeaway. And Aaron's does that. He's so talented. He gets in these little he he loses his fundamentals. And we're that's why playoff football is perfect for Tom Brady. He's not that talented. He I mean he's talented. He's great. But he's not the best talent most talented thrower of the football ever. No, no, no. He's probably the most fundamental football quarterback ever. The most fundamental. He does all the regular things exceptionally well. And that's what wins in the playoffs. You don't need to run around. How many times do we see playoffs and Super Bowls won, besides like the slowest guy ever, Eli Manning with a helmet catch, escape multiple sacks and run around and and make these fantastic plays? No, no, no. You know who wins Super Bowls? The guys who complete third and three all the time. So Tom Brady is just fundamentally perfect. And that's what wins in playoff games. Aaron's an incredible, talented thrower of the football. He'd be really good in shinny football. He's really good at beating up the Lions. But in the playoffs, take in the insecurity in his, own, in, in his mind about who he is in the football world. Going on Pat McAfee, explaining in a 20-minute answer how he doesn't have an agenda for coming on the Pat McAfee show all year to fix, his, to fix the perception of him in the world. That he's like snarky and, you know... If you have a 20-minute answer of why you don't have an agenda, you have an agenda. Anyway, that's why I was chicken little last week because take these two teams, somewhat even, 
And it, and you got Tom, the leader of men, and Aaron, the guy who maybe has a couple of buddies in his life. <laughs> maybe. And that was it, man. They asked about the Tampa Bay game earlier in the year. He's like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. Dismissed it. Yes, it did. Own it. So just to wrap this up, Mike, sorry, I know you want to get in here. No, I'm going to treat your truth of the week with a rebuttal like I would your Hugh picks. Sure, because we don't really so, have yes, Hugh picks this week. Just one thing, and it summed it all up. Post-game interview, you just lost the NFC Championship game for the second year in a row. And you didn't play that good, man. You didn't play great. You didn't play horrible. But when asked about the field goal, or just when asked about anything, you had one thing to say that maybe would have slightly changed my mind about the type of person you are. I needed to play better. That's it. You're the quarterback. You're the MVP of the league. <laughs> Tom threw three interceptions in the second half. You needed to play better. I didn't play good enough to win. It's on me. That's all Aaron needed to say. Oh, the field goal wasn't my decision. <laughs> you know what was your decision? I don't know. Set first, second, and third down. And the three and outs before that. I needed to play better. That's a leader of men. Anyway, that's enough. That's why I was chicken little last week. And if you listen to me, last week we were uh, we were two and zero with the Bucks, and then the over in the Bills Chiefs game. Three and zero the week before. One four and one wild card weekend. Wild card weekend a little wild, but also the last six props we've given you on Instagram six and zero. So straight cash, homie. Hot in the playoffs. Anyway, and that's that's why that's why uh, Tom over Aaron was a no-brainer to me. Take away this regular season, line up their careers. Take Tom every time. And that's your truth of the week. Yeah, Tom greater than Aaron. It, it, yeah, in 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 every playoff game they'll ever fa- they'll ever face off one another. In as so many words or as so little words as you want. Sure, but Tom it, greater than often Aaron. the macro things, whether it's Wall Street or geopolitics. Or looking at football like Vegas does, you got to see the big picture. And often, just like you said, the big picture is usually pretty simple. So, yo, <clears throat> Hugh Pick Rebuttal, Truth of the Week. Give it to me. Uh, yes, you can talk to the horses. Uh, you never been to the paddock, bro? You could definitely <laughs> talk to the horses before the race. Okay, see what the two holes up to. Fact. Yep. Like you've been there and done it. I've been to the horse races. Well, not everybody goes to the paddock. No. Uh, for big races, you need a ticket to get into the paddock. Anyway, uh, Danica and Aaron had almost a three-year run, so there was some there was some real emotions there. He's, he's not. Yeah, what the fuck's wrong with Danica though? Like, marry hey, her. Hey, what are you doing? A couple good SB appearances. You know, they, Olivia yeah. Munn. How do you let her walk out of your life? He said, maybe he's like Jennifer Aniston. All these famous people like leaving her. Him. <laughs> And, uh, I bet she's a bit of a weirdo, and, too. And the most important and most relevant, although I do love the ponies and Danica. Yeah. Love uh, Danica. All this MVP poo-poo from Aaron about how he was writing the speech. Can we revive this King Henry for MVP with this? Like, we anointed Aaron. Come on, Huckster. Get fucking mad here, bro. Aaron was anointed this MVP. This guy's writing speeches in the playoffs. When King Henry's sitting at home with half a bag, all right, 2,000 yards, think about a committee. I don't even know who votes for that thing. Um, I know if Wilbon had a vote, he'd vote for Henry. Yep. Um, so anyway, those are my Hugh Pick rebuttal, or uh, Truth of the Week rebuttal. Henry, not dead. Danica and Aaron had a little life. And yes, you could talk to the ponies, which are still running, by the way, at most American tracks. Um, I got a quick hitter, Hugh. Yeah, hit me S- up. Something, something really bothered me, man. Uh, this free play bullshit. This free five yards. Uh, it's happening almost once a drive now. The O-line and D-line jumping up and pointing at each other. These guys have been taught that all the way up through the system now to get these free five yards on a free play. Well, let me tell you something. Alan Lazard, you mentioned him earlier, almost never played another game in the NFL because they threw a 15-yard headhunting, targeting flag that they wind up picking up. The point is, when they see the free play, Aaron Rodgers, your boy. Not my boy. Correct. <laughs> Effect. Yeah. Uh, is the master of this. He yeah. sort of started this. Not started it, but he sort of perfected it. Which, and I like that about Aaron. Okay. Capitalize on that. It's one of the few things I actually hate about him. So now you have this free play. I'm throwing up the air quotes, folks. Uh, And he's taking a shot downfield because it's a free play. But 
the chance of that play is very minimal because that's not what the actual play was. Yeah. So now you have a safety who's realized what's happening, maybe making a play on the ball or the guy. And if it's all about safety, what are we doing here? Why is this five yards jeopardizing anybody? The receiver, the DB for a hit, a penalty, a fine, a suspension maybe, an injury at worst, uh, anything that can happen on the line in any play, let alone the ones that shouldn't count, it's got to stop. I blame Aaron Rodgers. Your truth of the week got me boiled over on something. I was agreeing with just about everything, and then I remembered the free play stuff. Folks, don't applaud it. Don't want your quarterback to do it. If you're seeing it in college, boo the guy who's doing it. It's enough. It's cheap. It ain't free. It's bad culture. And while you're at it, uh, the mouth guards on the DBs, the clanking mouth guards, they, they don't put their mouth guards in, and it's driving me crazy. You know what I'm talking about, Hugh? I, I know what you're talking about. It does not drive me crazy. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. DBs and wideouts. So their mouth guards are just hanging uh, there. They're hanging there. Not, not like Steph Curry where he can control it in the side of his mouth or put it in his ear. It dangles he's off gotta, his face mask. He's got to settle down with that too. But. He's got, a, yeah, he's got about a six-inch cord, about 80% of these DBs. I can't tell you how many of them actually put it in. Half of them have visors. You know the clank back effect? I did a little dummy test in my basement watching the game alone. I would have loved to see that. Well, I wish I could have watched the game. I probably wouldn't have done it if I was surrounded by people. But, right. you know, those commercials are so long <laughs> when you're by yourself. You never realize it. Not going to the Tostitos Bowl or out for a dart every commercial or whatever. Like, they're long. Like, Bob Hart's Abby Shola, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Come on, man. Anyway, quick hitters. If you got a mouth guard, this is serious. Like, you know, I, I got a tour company. I got buses on the road. At the end of the day, Weird Mike is all about safety. How can I get home safe? How can you make it through this place safe? Okay? Put your mouth guard in. It's not a law. It's not a rule that you have to have it in. But if you have it, you got to. If you don't want it, don't do it. I'm telling you, Jalen Ramsey, that touchdown you talked about on Devontae Adams, look up the replay. It's clanking everywhere. That's part of the reason he didn't get there in time. Come on, Roger. If you say safety first, fucking mean it. Yep. Um, just to wrap this kind of thought up one more time. Uh, just don't uh, look. There, there's just some guys who, when shit hits the fan, that they know what. what they, sometimes they need the necessity of like you know losing uh, to play their best. But they've proven it to them themselves in their career that that's actually when they're at their best. And look who's left in the NFL. The two guys who were the best at, come, at not letting anything in the first half get to them. And recognizing these guys who know that, they, they, that their talent will be there when they need it is a secret, simplistic cheat code to betting the NFL. You got what you wanted, Hugh. I did. Hogan Warrior. WrestleMania 6, April 1st, 1991 is repeating itself. On February seventh, you know, it's jokes is that I saw I saw some Instagram account and like they said it was like Hogan, it was uh, Brady Mahomes, yep. and it wasn't Hogan Warrior like I called. What'd they say? It was uh, it was Hogan versus The Rock, and I'm like, wow, that's actually even a better comparison. You think? Well, because like the, I, the, you were at Hogan Warrior, I was at the Hogan age Rock. the age difference, right? It's like okay, that's pretty good. However, they didn't predict it week one like I did. Huck Daddy. If you could go back to episode 75 and play this clip from just before week one in the NFL. Hear it out, folks. My Super Bowl that I'm announcing right now, week oh, one. Oh, my God. And I'm calling it WrestleMania 6, okay? Hogan versus Warrior. Champion versus champion. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. <laughs> the Super Bowl's in Tampa Can't, Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to go back to back Right in front of all the wenches so the, so the first Super Bowl hosted by the home team Yes uh, Will result in a loss Yes In the greatest WrestleMania match Ever Warrior versus Hulk. Hogan is Brady Warriors Mahomes and uh, I just don't Yeah, I think in the end If that came down to it Anyway, we won't, we won't analyze uh, the fucking game Sure but. Anyway, there you have it. Uh, call the week one. Didn't fade from it all year. And uh, here we are. 
So, now that we're here, Mike. I kindly ask Huck to burn my Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> <laughs> We've resurrected yours, wanna, but please burn mine. Want to bring him up? Want to bring it up? We're good. It was a Lambo game we won't talk about. Anyway, uh, so now we're here. And now we got Tampa and Tom Brady hosting the Super Bowl. Then we'll have, you know, a third of the fans on it. 22,000 fans. 22,000 fans. 7,500 will be frontline workers. Yes. 75 will be on the pirate ship. Now, you, you might be thinking, like, okay, how does, how does home field, what's, what's the actual advantage to home field? Is Vegas giving them a point already for it, you know? Would the Chiefs be four if it wasn't at home? So right now the spread's three. It went up to three and a half briefly, actually, for about half a day today. It went back down to three. What do you think? If you're looking for crowd noise and a factor of the 7,500 frontline workers will be from all 32 NFL teams, not just Central Florida Buccaneer fans, if you will. Right. The Jags are sending 50. Everybody's sending whatever they want. Um, so I'll be very curious to see who the 15,000 are. Will it be the ravenous, diehard fans that have always wanted to? And it's like a fuck you Super Bowl. Like, I want to be at this game. I don't know. I feel like it might be a, a much more ex exuberant, uh, like Bill's game in Toronto, where we just have jerseys from all over the place. Or is it going to be a total fade and be like, hey, we're not going to do this this, this time around? Uh, if Bill's Mafia was there, they would have rolled in the droves. Uh, Chiefs fans were just there last year, probably not coming in full force. And Buccaneers fans have been indifferent for 30 freaking years. Nobody knows. Right. right. I, th I think it's like because there's no precedent for this, uh, I just think you like without really getting too into it or having any real knowledgeable, actionable intelligence to use, I think you got to slightly lean towards this, this is an advantage. From the turf to what your day's like the day of the game, to just like being able to eat your local food, like the food you like and stuff. And I think the general weird, like the, any of the weirdness is uh, a lot of it's gone from the Super Bowl for the Bucks as an organization. And I, I don't think it'll be a disadvantage for the Chiefs, but I think it'll be an advantage for the Bucks. Also, Brady and Gronk, especially Brady, probably sick of a lot of the, like a lot of the Super Bowl hoopla and just want to play the game. Here's another reason why. So before the season, I predicted that the Chiefs would beat the Bucs in this game in Tampa. Knowing full well that they're going to, this will be in Tampa if it all pans out. Here we are. Now, now, I'm not so sure, Mike. I'm not so sure but that the Chiefs are going to win this game. Wow. I, uh, there's a lot of, you know, X's and O's. We'll get into the matchups next week as we get to our propaganda episode. Propaganda. Very fired up. Third edition. Third edition. Season four of the show. Season four. Third edition. Third propaganda. Third propaganda. Uh, but just as just to briefly touch on the kind of the, the way I'm feeling about this game, just in a non-X's and O's thing for me, it's the fact that Tom, again, I, I know there's 53-man roster. There's a lot of things going on. And the Tampa D did have a lot to do with that victory. They played great. But just going to Tom here, I, I remember, uh, so, I forget who said this, but, you know, Winning the Super Bowl is amazing, but there's nothing worse in the world than losing one. I've heard that, yeah. So, right? So and I, you believe that. And even though Tom's got six rings, though, even I read on Instagram this week, the ones he lost to the Giants and Nick Foles still bother him. Like, still get to him. So knowing what it's like to lose it might be an advantage. Not because, like, I don't think Tom's the type of guy to, to fear losing, but knowing how much it sucks... And how much that vibe in that dressing room, like he wants to play in Tampa for another few years. The Super Bowl hangover of losing is real. I mean, he's felt it. I think the Patriots are one of the only teams to actually get back after losing one. Uh, again, you know, look what happened to the Niners. Look what happened to the Rams. And, Name the team. And Yeah, but again, that's been known for years that the AFC path back is yes. was a lot easier. His path, this now the NFC is the easier path. No. But... Uh, I just think knowing the, what that hangover is like, like he wants to win a couple Super Bowls in Tampa. And you know how he doesn't do that? By losing this one. What's up with the NFC South? Every friggin' year they put a fucking team in the Super Bowl, yep. man. Wow. Saints, Falcons, Panthers twice, uh, Bucks a couple times. They really got it dialed in there, man. Yeah. And that's, but just flipping to uh, something else right now. Stafford's available. 
The, the long-forgotten Detroit man. Uh, your former boy? I, I, he's still my boy. Still your boy? He just gets hurt a lot. And then, like, he can't be my boy because he's not playing. But, yes, I've picked... The, I picked... Hey, you know, Jeff's been right. Jeff's been wrong a lot this year. Nailed the AFC. Called all four division winners. Missed a couple of the wildcard teams, but all four division winners. Bills, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs. Almost in order. I had the Lions going to the playoffs for the second year in a row. For the second year in a row, they made me look stupid. You were right about Patricia, by the way. You've been right. You were right for two years about how much of a douchebag this guy was. I backed him up a little bit more than that. And coming hearing the reports from former players and stuff, the guy was a nightmare. Stafford needs to go to the New York Jets. No, he does not. Yes, big arm. Couldn't disagree more. I think that's where he needs to go. You, you're saying he's 32 years old. He just played for the Lions Two. for uh, for 11 years, 12. Okay, yeah. and now he's going to go to the Jets. Well, you think Stafford's just going to walk onto a contending team? I, yeah, I think that's Ooh. what uh, the, the, the 49ers that could use a quarterback who doesn't suck. Uh, and the Saints are now looking for a quarterback that isn't Jameis Winston or a white running back. <laughs> so Those are the t- teams I think. You, I think if you're Stafford, you stay in the NFC because, as we just talked about, it's the easier path to the success you want. What does he want right now? He doesn't want, he doesn't want uh, yards. Okay? I think he wants money. I, you think he wants money? He's made a shit ton. Well, give me some more. No. Buster Rhyme said it, bro. Give me some more. I think he wants a playoff victory. How about a stable coach and like weapons at other positions besides just receiver? Okay, Huck. Middle of the ground here. Yeah. Two years, $53 million from the Jets or one year in New Orleans and one wild card win. What are you taking? I don't know how much money has he made. He's made over hundred mil. Does not need any money. He's no, hey, hey, you don't know that. He's made over hundred mil. He signed one hundred twenty-five year about five years ago. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, then he's gonna go for the playoffs. Also, he got in on the rookie deal before they made the rookie yes, deals. Stafford's good. He made like a shit ton when he was drafted first overall to Georgia. That was when the first overall. Him was and Sam the Bradford highest. were making more than Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> they changed the rule because of that. Because of that, Stafford has earned. Two hundred and three million. I don't think he needs money, Mike. So, again, with the need. Yeah, people want money. Then he would just resign in Detroit. Like Patricia's damaged goods. He's ruined everything, man. Yeah, he's, this he's, guy's rich as fuck. He's yeah. gonna go to a good team. Yes, okay, with a good coach like Sean Payton or Kyle Shanahan. Currently looking for quarterbacks. Also, he knows the NFC. He's been in the NFC for eleven years. If he, I heard this. I heard like Peter King saying he's going to the Broncos. Yeah, I'd like to face Patrick Mahomes. The guy's trying to win a playoff game. Okay, you're not going to go to Mahomes' division right now. I'll be very interested to see. Uh, we painted two entirely different pictures. Yes, we did for Stafford. Uh, probably fall somewhere in the middle, but I would really like one of us to be right, Hugh. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Brett Favre. Yeah, my. Did his price come down on cameo? Favorite player of all Reedy time. Favre. <laughs> we got to get him. I don't care. What Four and a quarter US, bro. It's Whatever. If he, it, 660 honestly, Canadian. Honestly, if he fucking says one time, like, hey, look who's talkers. Let's Favre and go. Uh, man, boner for a week. Okay. <laughs> the only chance that this slightly has now is that I'm with the Bills not going to the Super Bowl and me saving anywhere from ten to $15,000 American. <laughs> uh, maybe we will get... I like to spoil myself when I don't do things, right? Yeah. Uh, quick lesson, folks. Weird Mike uh, goes way far and wide for his dreams, but always pays dearly for those dreams, whether it be personally or financially. So the Bills not making the Super Bowl... Was a bit of a silver lining and a bit of a sigh of relief. I know you're shaking your head, Hugh. Yeah, it's not but about, the reality it's is, not about you, Mike. The it's reality about the is, Buffalo Bills. The reality is, I would have spent the next ten to twelve days trying to get to Tampa, Florida, jeopardizing my home, business, and relationship. Do you want me to agree with you right Probably now? Probably coming back with COVID and a red dot on my passport, <laughs> trying to get to this game. So, <sighs> I'm sure all the lookers talkers are like, you know what? I'm really happy the Bills didn't make the Super Bowl because Mike. Hey. Didn't shell out for tickets. I'm I'm in a time of less contact. I'm revealing the share. Sure, I'm pretty sure Bills fans would have preferred them being in the game. However, in my own melancholy way, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I w- cause because we. It's like because 
we you like to go to games, and they do this whole run, and they, imagine they win it, and then like it's the AFC. It's really hard to get back, and that was it, and we never get to be kind of part of the ride. Like I want to be hugging people with a division clinching win over the Dolphins in Week 15. You know, in front of that convenience store, buying six shitty hot dogs because I don't know. Brent ran into the food trailer and all the food got spilled. I want to have those messy days in Orchard Park on the way to the Super Bowl win. Yeah, well, I want to titty fuck a wench with a bucket load of Michelob lights beside me. But you know, reel it in here, you. Okay. <laughs> you know, you could just you could just drink Coors Light. Like it's just got like one more calorie. It tastes like beer still. Uh, Super Bowl LV. Very upset. Romo's calling it. Watched a lot of that Bills game on uh, less, well, not mute, but I turned it down big time because of that clown. And I'll be digging up my ESPN Deportes membership and watching the international feed just to spite that cocksucker. If I ain't going to a party, I've got to watch it in my basement alone. I'll watch it with my friends in Latin America, ESPN Deportes. As a guy with a raspy voice, you think I would like Romo, okay? But as we mentioned, I don't need my announcers to be trying to predict every play. You know, I don't. I'd actually rather the whole picture be explained to me a little more than the predictions. Like Aikman doesn't predict every play. I like him better. Yes. You know who else called every play? Hmm. My drunk neighbor at CeCe's playing QB1 back in the day. NTN trivia. Yes. It's not as hard as you think. Maybe breaking down where the safety rotates is now visible with the better cameras, but people have been calling plays for time. By the way, QB1 was ahead of its time. (laughs) It really was, eh? Live bettings now these full out machines at the Westgate. Now, when somebody sees an NTN trivia machine, they just think hotel remote and just dirty germs. Like, yeah. Why is this at my table? <laughs> right. <laughs> I got, Hashtag. I got to stop staying at the Admiral Inn in Burlington. <laughs> R.I.P. CC's, you Just have cheap. Nine cent Mondays. Cheap weed at the desk. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Just bef- as I was saying, uh, Brett Favre, my favorite player of all time. Uh, he's a Minshew guy. In a recent interview, of course he is. He's a, in a recent interview. He was asked about you know some quarterback things, the draft and whatnot, and he's like, just straight from the cuff, he's like, yeah, I don't think quarterbacks a real place of need for the Jaguars. I would draft Devonta Smith, <laughs> and I'm like, he's Come looking on, at it like, said that? he's looking at it like a quarterback, and like, look, I know I dra- I I put a list on Instagram at he was talking at around the start of the year, ranking all my quarterbacks. <laughs> You're still paying for that one, eh, Hugh? <laughs> I, get, I got chirped so hard, but I'd like to point out one thing. Even though I did have Gardner Minshew probably too high, I had him 12th in the league. Not there, but he's a starter somewhere. I had Jimmy G like 24th, way behind Joe Burrow and a bunch of other guys, and I got ripped apart for that, especially by our friends at Bet Openly. Well, where would you rank Jimmy G right now? Yeah, exactly. Also, I had Tom Brady number two, and I absolutely got ripped up for that. I had Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Wilson, and I got ripped apart for that. Yeah? What's Russ doing right now? Making some Busta Rhymes video for his wife or something? That guy's a bit of a weird guy. You ever heard ever heard Russell Wilson mic'd up? Okay? He sounds like a cliched button. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work. I would slap him in the fucking face. And the Legion of Boom did. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been like, run it, run it, run it, run it. <laughs> but anyway, so Favre's like, yo, I wouldn't draft Lawrence. So just an interesting thing. Uh, Even with Urban Meyer coming in there, he's wrestling the chain. But Minshew's not a Southern guy, isn't he? Where's he? Yeah, Minshew is. Yeah, the jorts, the yeah. jean shorts. Yeah, That's I a just Southern assume thing. he's a Southern guy. Uh, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I don't really have anything to say about that, but I Trevor Lawrence has that weird uh, Bo Callahan factor to him, where it's like he's such a no shit pick because of these regular seasons he had at Clemson, but in two of the th- three biggest games I ever watched him play, it was duds, man. When it happens too early, very few come through. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like Bryce Harper being on the cover of Sports Illustrated 16 and then dominating the next decade is rare. Yeah. Usually the 16-year-old flops out at some point along the line. We were talking about him being the number one pick three years ago. Yeah. Maybe. This guy wasn't even starting for Clemson yet. Did anybody come to his birthday party? <laughs> My God. So I love that scene. I think it's classic case of peak too early, but 
now upon looking at it, Urban Meyer, college feel to it. Jacksonville is yeah. the spot. I think Urban Meyer is a great hire for them. I'm really excited for Jaguars football. And if Gardner Minshew's your backup, that's a good quarterback position to be in. Lawrence, Minshew, good for you. Um, also, one thing to watch, uh, McVay basically just shitting on, on Goff the past few weeks. When asked before the Seattle game, you know, he's like, no, no, no we're going to start Wofford. Oh, how's Goff's thumb? Eh. So McVay's been lauded as this sort of next level genius. Maybe he's seeing Goff's limits. Yeah, I think he knows that like, look, right? Like I, I am really good at coaching football, but I have to do it under the limits of this guy right now. And I think you can only get away with that Super Bowl loss for a couple of years. Peterson won the Super Bowl, made the playoffs three or four years, fired from Philly. So you could be the king of the young coaching world, but you throw in one or two bad years because of bad quarterback play, and you're on the chopping block. That's the NFL. So I think he knows just saying that you have Wofford and Goff having an open competition for quarterback, that screams to me that you, you, Stafford could be in the mix there. Uh, As a Rams guy, big arm, uh, you know, doesn't shy away. They got, they got cap issues. I don't know if they go after a big name. Anyway, you, you, you mentioned super briefly the coaches, the young gunners going forward on fourth and two all year in week five, yeah. week 16. And when the chips are down, they don't go for it. Yeah, it's weird. It's a very, very bizarre juxtapose to these young guys who kind of flaunt the way the game was played. Right. And then. When the book is totally flipped and says to go for it, yeah. they don't. But not just to go for it. It's also in the play calling and the lead up. Even the Bills guy kind of shied up a bit yep. in the spot he was as this new McDermott genius. said, he even said, he's like, I was worried about the morale of my team going into halftime when you should have been worried about scoring more points than the Chiefs. These are adult men. Yes. So the new school is... is Very aggressive. And shrinks in the moment. Look who's left standing. Yeah. Andy Reid, a double cheeseburger, three scotch guy. You're down eight points at home at Lambeau with Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback. I know he looked like shit on downs one, two, and three, but you got to go for it there. This not, it felt like Vic Fangio was making that call, not Matt LaFleur, who's younger than us. The guy's not going for it. He's younger than us. Everyone I know younger than me would scream go for it there. I don't even think Mason Crosby wanted to kick that field goal. No. Ball. I also wanted to miss it. Well. No, no. <laughs> leave him, leave him pinned deep. I don't think so. Anyway, new coaches. Uh, if you're going to live by the sword, huh? Guess what? You got to die by the sword. And unfortunately, that happens at the most inopportune time. And I meant to say double cheeseburger for Reed and double whiskey and rye for Bruce, who likes the cocktails and he likes the drive-through. Yep. A couple of quick hitters here. Uh, just some media. Shit that I heard this week, just getting stupider and stupider. First of all, Max Kellerman, why are you on TV anymore? Three years ago, you said Tom Brady was going to fall off a cliff. And for the last two and a half years, you just had to explain that on first take every day while Stephen A. Smith looks at you like you're a mushroom. Like, what am I still doing on TV with you? Everybody loves me, and you're just wrong. And now you're kind of trying to say that you're right because you've explained how wrong you are over and over again? Fuck you, bro. Stop wasting uh, my time. How glad is Steven Smith not to be face-to-face -face with all these crackers daily now? He could do this show and yell on these guys yeah. from his couch. And everyone <laughs> just wants him to rip Kellerman apart. That guy's just wrong all the time. I don't know who he has naked pictures of, but get him off TV. Uh, Doug Gottlieb telling Tom Brady that no matter win or lose, he should retire after this Super Bowl. Just like he said two years ago after that Super Bowl. Just like he said uh, when he was going to leave New England. Some people are obsessed with retiring people early. Just because Doug Gottlieb retired early from basketball. It's different this time, though. It's it, quitters trying to spread their quitting. It's really different, though, if Tom Brady wins this Super Bowl. Different conference. One and done. In, you know, through Breeze. Through Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, home field Super Bowl. Come on. Yep. Get on the pirate ship, light the cannon, send the cannonball out, and just ride. I, I would. But Yeah, I know, but that's why Tom Brady's different than everybody I, I get else. that he's different, yes. but I think this is different, no, and I think he senses it too. Yeah, yeah, but if, look, not every career needs to end with a nice bow on it. Like, it doesn't. It's. I think it's more impressive to tell all those people trying to wrap you up like a gift to shut up and keep fighting. As Tom says, and as Marino said to him at a very early age, 
There's nothing more fun in the world than being a starting quarterback in the NFL. And Tom still lives by that. Like, I'm healthy. I can do it. Everybody else, shut up. Like, I'm not going to tell you when to retire your insurance job, all right? I'm going to play quarterback as long as I fucking want, and they're paying me $25 million a year to do it. By the way, uh, New England was cold. I love Florida. There's no taxes here. I got my best friend Gronk with me, and my wife loves the beach. I'm going to be here for a while. By the way, in one year with no fucking mini camp and no training camp, I just took my team to the Super Bowl. Also, the NFC doesn't have good quarterbacks left besides Aaron and a really weird Russell Wilson. No one else is in my way. So this is a good window in the NFC right now for the next three years for Tom to do it again. As Renzo always said, timing is everything. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could learn one thing from this episode is that don't listen to anybody ever telling you when to retire or when to stop doing something you love. I won't. I promise you that. That's why you hear this voice for a long time. You'll see me flying fucking every year in Muskoka or wherever they're having competitions because it's the funnest thing I've ever found in life besides being in love. And I'm going to do it because I love it. Uh, And I love you guys, man. Episode 95, this is fucking awesome. I have so much fun doing this. It's been so much fun being a Bills fan throughout this run. And it looks like we got another 15 years of it. Signed the Wyoming farm tank to a lifetime uh, contract. I want him on every West Her commercial that I see. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to West Her, New York. Teaming up with Steve Tasker. A quick 30-second Hugh pick for you. If you can find it, Heisman Trophy next year. Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma Sooners. Book it. Doesn't look like Lincoln Riley's going anywhere. So that's Lincoln Riley, who creates Heisman Trophy winners out of nothing. Spencer Rattler is a very talented quarterback. Watch him next year. There's your Hugh pick. I got a weird pick. Give it up. For the viewers, hope you like Ted Lasso. We loved Ken Jennings and Holtzauer, uh, James Holtzauer of the Jeopardy Wiz. They have combined for a primetime trivia event called The Chase on Saturday night's ABC. Same producer as Jeopardy. And it's pros versus Joes style trivia. Jennings, Holtzauer, and the Brad guy, and the computer Watson. Remember when Watson came on? They're all the pros facing Joes for regular trivia. Anyway, there's nothing to do. Sports are dwindling. The football's that weird mic spinning that dial. And I landed on the chase with our buddy James Holtzauer. And uh, happy watching, y'all. Super Bowl LV. Holsauer, just when I was thinking of my live betting too much, Holsauer was the guy who was like, no, 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 not nearly enough, bud. <laughs> uh, as we stream around, uh, anything for Shut the Huck Up, what should people be stre- Huck, what are you watching right now? You and Bowie and uh, do- Dewar. <laughs> do, Dewey. Uh, we just started watching Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Ah, good stuff, eh, Huckster? Perfect combination of sport and emotion. I've heard it's fucking funny. I just no shit funny like just i loved him in horrible bosses both episodes of that movie yeah he just plays like this extra goofy he's character fucking good and hall pass yeah, he's I'm a, I'm a big fan he's like the same character almost all the time but i like that love a good hall pass uh i'm a big nerd for intelligence agencies spycraft geopolitics people who know me well know i reread history books that i've already read Something you might not know about me. You can listen to a thousand shows talking about water sports. I read history books I've already read. I'm a big nerd. I but, did not know that. Uh, Spycraft, new new series on Netflix. It's fucking awesome. It presents a documentary-like uh, explanation of some of my favorite parts of intelligence ag- agencies over the last 50 years, KGB versus the CIA, but they do it in a really entertaining way. Six-part series on Netflix. I binge the whole thing. I think you'll really like it. Smoke some good Canadian legal dope. And settle in for some spycraft. All right, one more thing. I got the beer of the week from my boy uh, at Beer Butt Official. Also, congrats to Mike Mattisbacker for winning our $100 Canadian at betopenly.com. Our friends at betopenly.com, we're setting up an account for you so you can bet on the Super Bowl. Come on, the big dog. Big dog was, took down Bet Openly's fifth, cash. He was 15 points off, so we asked people to send in the final scores of both games. And Bedford was one point off of Maddie. I was actually 16 points off. I was one point off in the first game. I said it'd be 30 and 26 bucks. Yeah, it was a nice call. Fucking 31, 26. And I got the Bills game wrong by about the same amount. So that 100 bucks wound up in the good hands then. Anyway, the big dog will spread the word for sure. Yes, he will. Uh, all right. I'm just, leading the, I'm just looking for the beer butt official here. 
And uh, he sent it in because he's out. He's a beauty. Enjoy your final Sunday. Leaford, known him since kindergarten, folks. Are you guys, any got friends since kindergarten? Because I do. We used to control the climbers in JK. <laughs> yeah. This kid, Patrick, always wanted to get on. Lee told him, seat's taken. <laughs> there was much more room on the climber. All right. Beer butt, at beer butt official, giving you funny beer uh, quips and good beer to drink. On his Instagram page, the entire Jelly King series of dry hopped sour ales from Bellwoods Brewery out of downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The dry hopping balances out the sourness so it doesn't overwhelm your palate and burn out your taste buds. Currently available in five versions, original apricot, pineapple, tangerine, grapefruit, grapefruit raspberry, blackberry, and the new strawberry rhubarb. Uh, there's something for all of you funky football freaks out there. With Tom Brady having earned his way to his 10th Super Bowl, don't be jelly of the king. Celebrate with him. I don't fucking like any fruit in my beer. <laughs> I disagree. No. Uh, I like the strawberry frulee at the beer market. Yep. No, Hux is uh, no, not enough ABV. Like, I, like, you know, the Belgian moons? People like Belgian sure. moons? Sure. I, I want my Belgian moon with no fucking orange, please. Can you just pour the beer in my mouth? What's the 1664 there? Uh, the white beer. Oh, the Cronenberg bomb. The Cronenberg. That one's actually bomb. That's, I used to drink those in China, remember? Yeah, yeah, you love the And in China, they're like 10 cents. <laughs> isn't that, There's a fruit in that, isn't there? Tao's and those. Jingers. No, they are served with fruit sometimes. Gotcha. So. That's where I got confused. By the way, folks, Mike mentioned something just before the show. If you're uh, finding your, your passion for the NFL has dwindled a little bit because you're watching, you know, alone. The game's alone in a basement and yesterday's wife beater. Yeah, yeah. Just know, as I told him before the show, that it is easy to get emotional about things that you can't quite control. But when that does happen, remember the bigger picture. One day, we will be watching football together again. And you can smack your buddy on the ass when they stop him on fourth down. And you can do a fake field goal kick that actually kicks your friend Jeff in the leg and almost breaks his fucking ACL. And that actually happened. Jags-Bills playoffs in Milton at Hernsey's house. He wanted them to kick the field goal so bad that he mimicked the kick as we were celebrating the fourth down play, and he kicked me in my ACL. And then they proceeded to go for it on fourth down, yeah. score the touchdown, rendering the kick and your foot and the injury. useless. Yes, just like the free play. Let's keep it safe out there, folks. Tell them, Roger. All right, remember to follow our friends for good game day food at The Three Eaters. And we got, for our propaganda next week, we're giving away a skating session at the at the skating the underscore skating underscore lab Burlington, uh, my friend Gunner runs it. It's a sweet uh, what do you call them treadmills for skating training. If you're a hockey player or if you're a hockey coach and stuff, really sweet place. Skiing, sledding, like it's it's any lower body training, totally. Yeah, they support our friends and they're partnered up with our friends uh, from Team Ltd, Kyle and Scotty. Anyway, check out at the skating lab Burlington if you're looking for something to do in the uh, off season here. And we're giving away a free skating session for those who hit our props board the best. Sending in uh, your picks to the props board will be given away next week. Uh, don't make any picks if you're hanging on our show because. Which way we're leaning, I'm actually not sure yet. Tampa at home, Brady at home. There's something here. Also, the window. KC knows they got 15 years of Super Bowl opportunities left. Tom, they got about two or three. Um, my favorite part of the long week layoff before the Super Bowl is nibbling parlays daily and including yeah. a Super Bowl winner. I actually did that the other day. I was thinking, of, like, oh, this so is what Weird Mike does all the time. <laughs> yeah, so yesterday I took the Leafs, Missouri, and Tampa. Yep. Missouri didn't hit. It's okay. You're only down 20 bucks. Right. You do that if you're sitting home, which we all are, yeah. and you're watching a Leaf game, or just a certain sport you have an affinity for, try and nibble at some action midweek to include your Sunday Super Bowl to get yourself a cheaper uh, experience. Before Vegas catches on, I would put down 20 bucks on Ronald Jones for MVP. If you think there's a chance that Tampa Bay could win, the last time the Chiefs really lost a game, and the Raiders game was kind of a, you know, a weird one. They threw a bunch of deep ones to rugs, and he just caught some 50-50 balls. The last time the Chiefs actually got beat, beat, it cost me my survivor pool last year. It was the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday Night Football, going into Kansas City with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback, oh. and they ran the ball down their throat and kept Mahomes off the field. Tampa Bay hopes to win this game. They're going to have to run the ball, and Ronald Jones will be the guy they use. 
He's plus a bunch of thousand to win the MVP. Give him 150 yards and two touchdowns. If Tom throws a pick or two, it's Ronald Jones's to win. I like that because Fournette is not trusted. They don't rush Fournette late in the game. No. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Episode 96 coming to you early on in the week as we try to get you ready for Super Bowl 55. One last thought. Aaron played like he had all of Tom's rings, and Tom played like he had Aaron's. One was hungry. One wasn't. One was a winner. One was a li-hoo-hoo-za-her. Laces out, Dan. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>